0: There shall be Amen. Certainly we are showered with blessings, aren't
1: we? Psalm 51, verse 1 through 10. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness; <laughs> according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice." Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Alright, previously, as in
0: last week, we asked a question. How does God see you? How does God see you? Today we ask a question. How do you see God? How do you see God? Last week we saw, in Psalm 51, Brother Gene just read it to us again. It's in verse 2, where David is crying out to God. Verse 1, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God. Mercy drops Round me are falling, but for the showers I plead. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. We pointed that out. How does God see you? We pointed out the fact that He's always known you. And He's always, praise God, loved you. He's always loved you. Your whole life, even when you had no desire for Him, Even when and we all have, you are running from him. All of us have. It's because of the nature that we've inherited. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. He's always loved you. He's always known you. He's always known your need. He's always understood what you don't understand. Haven't understood until now at least. And that is your condition. The predicament that you, your soul... Was in. But he saw your need. And he addressed it. Didn't he? He addressed your need. With the only solution. That would please a holy righteous God. And that was for a perfect. Person. To give their life. For you. We can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. we see that it's God's plan all along. He saw you in your predicament. He saw you in your fallen condition, but he knew what to do. And praise God, he did it. And in an everlasting covenant, he covenanted with the Holy Spirit and with the Son of God Jesus Christ to rescue you from yourself. What a savior. So how does he see you now? Verse 2, we read, Wash me thoroughly. From my iniquity. Not partially clean. But completely clean. So clean. That God the Father sees you. Instead of bloody or crimson color of sin. He sees you. White as snow. (laughs) And he does so by looking through the shed blood. Of Jesus Christ his son. Shed for you. You, put your name in there. You, personally. He died for you and he sees you through that shed blood of a perfect man. That was the requirement, see? And now that Jesus has come, we don't need to continually kill goats and sheep for the remission of sins and they did not save, they did not Uh, do away with sin, but they pointed to the one who did, you see. From the Garden of Eden, when the coats of skins were made, something died. Something innocent died. a perfect picture of Jesus Christ. Even from there, God knew the solution, didn't he? He's the great designer and the great planner, isn't he? I'm so glad that he's in control what a Savior is has thought of and initiated everything that we need throughout this life, and praise God through eternity, through eternity. We noticed in verse 6 and 7, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago, Behold, thou desirest, Psalm 51, verse 6, truth in the inward parts. Talked about our condition, our predicament, being fallen, separated from him by sin. What did God want for you? I said, well, he's always loved you. He's always known you. He's had a plan for your life. What's his desire for you? We just read it, didn't we? David said, behold. Behold. Put everything else out of your mind. Behold. Look at this. Behold. Thou, God, desirest truth in the inward parts. What was his desire for you? For you to know him in truth. For you to know the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That he is the door. And there is no other entrance to God. Only Through Jesus Christ. That's what he desires for you. Today. He desires truth. In your inward parts. That's in your heart isn't it? Yes. In the deepest part of your person. In your mind. (laughs) Your intellect. And then listen to what. David says. And in the hidden part. In your heart the deepest part of your person, thou, God, shall make me to know wisdom. Do you know Him this morning? Do you trust Him, in Him only as your Savior? Where'd you get that from? You didn't get it from your fallen self, did you? No, God made you to know Him. Praise God. He quickened you, the Bible tells us, and that word means... To make alive. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. So how does God see us now? He sees us clean, doesn't He? We saw in verse 7. David says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter as snow. We saw the obvious connotation there. We saw what he was talking about when he said, Purge me with hyssop. They used hyssop for a paintbrush.
1: In Egypt,
0: at the last plague, they painted the blood of an innocent lamb. Not just any old lamb. No, a lamb that was purposely picked out by God. He told them what lamb to use. That it would have no spot, no blemish. Another perfect picture of Jesus Christ. They brought this baby lamb into the house and kept it for many days. We talked about when you bring a baby, anything into the house, everybody loves it. (coughs) And then they sacrificed it. Let me tell you, God loved his son. But he sacrificed him for you and for me, didn't he? Hiss up. We could go to this, but we won't. To this account. I won't call it a story because it really happened. This account, but the Lord, through Moses, told them, None of you shall come out. Don't come out. You will stay there and you'll be safe. In that, I see the security of the saints. We are under the blood of Jesus Christ. God sees us as pure and clean because of what He did for us. None of us will He lose ever. You are safe trusting in Him. All right. In knowing that, God sees you in Jesus Christ as clean as if you had never sinned as if you hadn't been in that predicament you have been justified by what Jesus Christ did on the cross now how do you see him how do you see him do you see the son of God who has been sent to this earth, who has lived a perfect life and then purposely gave it up for you. He's everywhere, you know. He's all through this Bible. He's all through it. Jesus Christ is represented from Genesis to Revelation. God's Word is perfect. It's infallible. Yes, men in their minds can find all kind of problems with the Bible. They don't see him. They don't see him. Praise God, we do see him. We see him as the great creator. In Genesis, we see him as the seed of the woman, which means he was born without this fallen nature that we've inherited. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. He's your high priest too, isn't he? He represented you to God. That's what the high priest did. He had access to God because he was God the Son. Oh, and when he died on that cross, the veil was rent. Remember, from top to bottom, that means we have access now. Only the high priest could enter through there before But he paid the price for your reconciliation, if you will, to God. What a Savior. I'm going to read some of these off because I want you to uh, go and find him in that book that you carried around with you. In Numbers, he was the pillar of cloud and fire that led the children of Israel, that protected them from Pharaoh's armies. Protected them from the sunlight, gave them light at night, in Deuteronomy, he was the prophet, like unto Moses. And Joshua, he was the commander of the Lord's army who stood between God's people's problem, which was the walls of Jericho and that problem. We see that today. So often we want to use our problems. To keep us from getting to God, don't we? Well, I can't, I can't study right now. I, I've got to do this or this is more important. But what we, re- we need to realize is our problems are not between us and God. God's between us and our problems. Realize that on a daily basis of how you deal with things, how you think about the issues that you're facing. He's between you and your problems. He came between it when he died on the cross of Calvary he didn't he He represented you there. He bought you with a great and terrible price and judges Jesus was the judge and the lawgiver represented there and Ruth, the kinsman redeemer isn't that something? We are his by family. We are grafted into his family, aren't we? Amazing God. First and Second Samuel, he's the seed of David. The seed of the woman again, you see. Kings and Chronicles, he's the reigning king. In Ezra, he was the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he was the rebuilder of everything that was broken. Or doesn't that feel personal? In Esther, he was Mordecai and the advocate. In Job, the, he was the ever-living Redeemer. Oh, in Psalms, he's that shepherd. Mm-hmm. And he loses none of his sheep. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom. And he's placed this wisdom in our inward parts, as David asked him to do. In Ecclesiastes, he is the meaning for life. In the Song of Solomon, the loving bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And he still is. And he's coming back for his bride. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. Jeremiah, Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the glorious Lord. In Daniel, he was the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And in his presence, not even a smoke smell got on their clothes. You remember that? His presence. Being in his presence is awesome, isn't it? Wow. And Hosea, he was the faithful husband. And Joel, he was the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. And he still is. And Amos is our burden bearer. He still is, isn't he? Oh, we can come to him. In Obadiah, he was the judge and the Savior. In Jonah, he was a risen prophet. Jonah was such a great example of Jesus Christ. Three days. Jonah called it hell, didn't he? Yes, he did. In Micah, he's the world ruler from Jerusalem, from Bethlehem. In Nahum, he was a stronghold. In Habakkuk, he was the watchman. Zephaniah, he was the mighty one to save. In Haggai, he was the restorer and still is. Zechariah, he was the branch of David, the one who was pierced for us. He's there. Go find him. He's in the Old Testament. And Malachi, he's the son of oh, Right. What a Savior. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in green pastures. Living pastures. That's what this Word of God is. That's what I want to point out. This Word is alive to you. If the Spirit of God dwells within. you. Oh, we praise Him this morning. How do you see Him? What happened when he saved you? You didn't see him as your savior before, did you? What did he change? Well, he took out the stony heart, the Bible says, and gave you a soft heart, a pliable heart that was able to receive him in his spirit and his truth. What did he change? He changed his perspective, didn't he? We've talked about perspective here before, and we defined it. What is a perspective? I can say it. Your perspective is your attitude. It's voiced based on your point of view. What is it? What's your perspective? It's your attitude. It's how you look at things. how you feel about things. It's how you react to situations and thoughts based on something. And what is that something? It's your point of view. Now you see. I once was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. What a Savior. Our point of view has changed. Because we see Him not only as someone that men claim lived a perfect life after a sinless birth, a miracle birth. Who lived a perfect life and died on the cross for some people. You see, our perspective has changed because we realize that we're one of those people. Praise God if you know Him this morning. If you don't, won't you believe in Him? Won't you realize that He is God and see Him as such. Nothing was created without Him. And what He created, He created out of nothing an amazing God. Won't you see Him this morning as your Savior? Won't you see Him as your God? Won't you realize that He's your owner? He's yours and you're His. You've been paid for by the only price that God would accept. And that was the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus. What a Savior.